Welcome to the Higher Ed Jobs Podcast, Ask the Expert Edition. I'm Andy Hibble, the Chief Operating Officer and one of the co-founders of Higher Ed Jobs. And I'm Kelly Sherwin, the Director of Editorial Strategy. So we're happy to have our friend of the podcast back, Matt Trainum, who is the Vice President for Networks and Strategic Partnerships at the Council of Independent Colleges. Thanks, Matt, for being back with us. Kelly, Andy, it's such a treat to be here. Congrats on the continued success of this podcast, and I'm excited for our questions today. Well, let's dive into our first question. So the question from our listener is, with an increasing rise in AI in systems like ChatGPT, what can those in the education industry do to best prepare for the new climate up ahead and hopefully safeguard against job loss? Wow, right? Here is the here is the topic of the season, the topic of the last six months, perhaps the topic of the next six years. Who knows? I love this question. I recently attended the ASU GSV conference. For those who don't know what that is, it's the largest education technology conference in the world. Uh, about 7,200 people gathered, and the only topic of discussion was ChatGPT and the power of ChatGPT and how ChatGPT is going to come in and, and infuse education. One of the powerful insights I got from attending that event and presenting and being present there, listening to the conversation, is there's definitely a future that ed tech imagines that does not include colleges and universities. And so the ed tech field does imagine a world where they're delivering videos and education and certifications via something like a YouTube and not having colleges and universities in that equation. I will say that extreme scenario seems pretty far out right now. So when I think of this question and kind of pull back into what's the immediate world of ChatGPT, what's the immediate piece of ChatGPT, I definitely have some thoughts on that. Question for both of y'all first. Have y'all been on ChatGPT yet? I haven't. I have. And you have it, right? All right. Andy, what did you think of it? I right? It's, it's pretty, pretty darn, darn cool. cool. So the question is, say, what can we do in the education industry? I think there's a couple things. First, on a big standpoint, I would say it's all about more connection and less about content. And to extrapolate that a little bit, it's all about interaction. It's all about engagement. It's all about challenge and conversation. It's less about lecture. It's less about materials. It's less about memorizing. And so the implications of that throughout education, what that will look like, I don't think we've figured out yet. This is going to be a time really where personalized learning and automatically customized answers are available for students in a way that they haven't been or for customers if we're engaging with students in more transactional business. And so what we have to do to be successful in that moment is we have to focus on the human aspects that the technology is not as good at. How's that sound for you all? Does that resonate with what you've seen and engaged with with ChatGPT? I think from my perspective, I was recently on a podcast where they asked me about ChatGPT being used for job postings. And I said, you know, at the point where I see it being used, I can understand for some boilerplate language that you might want to use a service like that to kind of get some standards down. But when I'm thinking about a good job posting, I think it's really a pretty personal invitation that's unique to that institution and that particular job. And the idea that somebody might have knowledge that what's going to make that invitation best, they can glean from something other than humans seems a bit far-fetched. And I said, I felt like it was akin to, if you're putting an ad out on a dating site, do you just want to just have ChatGPT put together what you're looking for here? If that's what you're looking for, so be it. But you're looking for a sharing of an experience, 
not necessarily knowledge. You're, you're looking for that human connection. I think in the education side, it's kind of ironic that when you look at Gen Xers like myself, when we went to college, when you looked at some of the more softer skills that you would learn in college, colleges downplayed that a little bit. Being on campus had value, but really you were there to learn and acquire knowledge and do all these things that, hey, if if I want knowledge today, I, I walk around with a phone that can give me any piece of knowledge that I want at any time. What I don't have is the ability to interact with other people and have that experience as an adult. And accessing knowledge, I think it's super duper powerful, but I think you're spot, spot on, Matt, that like in trying to understand of how to interrelate in a real way with other human beings, I'm not sure how we, we change that, in that from an educational standpoint. Andy, I love that. And here's the way I think of what you were just sharing. Imagine if I said, hey, ChatGPT, write for me a job description for this position based on the information that you know about this organization. And it spits one out. And then I have saved an hour or two of crafting something that is probably 70% of the way there. That is a fantastic use of ChatGPT. When I think of how to, how to engage with ChatGPT, I've got a couple of thoughts here. One is you really have to have an attitude of benefit and engagement with the software. I will tell you the founder of ChatGPT was at the conference I was at, and he said behind the curtain, the next version is far more powerful than the current version. And so it's only going to increase in its ability to communicate like a human. And so if we have an attitude of benefit and engagement with it, we can figure out how we can use it. My second thought is we really have to learn, learn, learn about it. We've got to be on it. And we've got to figure out all the different ways that we can learn about it. And so we can engage in communities of practice around it. We can engage in webinars and conversations about it. We can try to incorporate it into what we're doing. I think that's super important. So if we have an attitude of of benefit around it, if we try to learn about it through all these different venues, and if we modify our practices to incorporate it, hence that example I just gave you, those three things really make us strong where the technology has it continues to grow. By the way, those three things were generated off of a list of about 10 suggestions ChatGPT gave me when I asked them this question. So I said, ChatGPT, what should we do here? And it said, here's your answers. And I have to tell you, its answers were fantastic. It really gave a great set of answers. Here's what it didn't say. Here's what it didn't say. It gave the things like, hey, how about a lunch and learn about ChatGPT? And how about this kind of thing? What it didn't say is where you were going. We have a moment with ChatGPT to exit the content focus that has kind of taken us over and to really return to perhaps a very traditional college model, the way we've always imagined it in our head of this place of deep learning and engagement. So if we exit out of this idea of memorization, if we exit out of this idea of lectures and content, and if we engage quickly, I know we do that in our upper level classes, if we engage more quickly into critical thinking conversations and to discussions and debates, I can see a future where because of ChatGPT, the traditional college experience is actually heavily strengthened. And so that's the hope I have as we are moving forward with this. You kind of already answered this question, but I wanted to kind of bring back what the original question was. And it, it sounds like this person was experiencing some anxiety of safeguarding potential job loss for the future. When you said that, uh, you know, the, the creator said that the next version is going to be even better and, and more intelligent. Is that going to increase the anxiety of job seekers and people working in higher ed? But, you know, then you went on to say the more we educate ourselves about the advantages, the, the pluses and how it actually can help us and, you know, increase the engagement, that'll potentially benefit all of us. You know, I don't want to be too philosophical here, but 
when electricity, I was looking at an ad for electricity when electricity was first spreading. And part of the way that they were pitching electricity is electricity was going to save so much human time that the human workday would go down to, you know, maybe two, three hours a day, that the human work week would be heavily reduced because electricity was going to solve and absorb that time. What we have seen is that that's not the case. There's always more that humans figure out to do and need to get done. And I think it's going to be the same thing with ChatGPT. There's going to be work that ChatGPT can just do better. I got off of a Delta flight the other day and I opened my Delta app and I was trying to figure out where my bag was. And I had to hit three buttons to find the place to tell me the bag. A ChatGPT Delta app, I would just touch it and say, hey, where's my bag? And it would simply pull from Delta's knowledge and say, oh, it's over on bag claim three. So that that's going to save me a lot of time. It's going to be able to save students engaging with financial aid questions just by pulling from the data available in the system. But my guess is we will find more work and more places to spend time. And so I think this is less about jobs going away and more about how jobs will simply change. And we will be able to focus our attention perhaps away from some of this administrative work and into some of the more deep engagement work. I love that. Well said. I think ultimately on the, the whole job loss side, I think particularly when once you start feeling comfortable doing what you're doing and you like what you do, there's always a fear of, oh my gosh, is some sort of robot, broadly speaking, going to take over and do what I do? Because we live in a world where that happens. I think always concentrating on doing what you do well, keeping up with what's out there is your best safeguard. Don't lean away from these things. Lean into them. Understand them. See how you can incorporate them. I don't want to go through, we're 27 years into this, that everything that's happened over the past 27 years, we've been told are going to actually make what we do completely useless. We've just tried to keep doing what we do well, and we thank you all for continuing to find it useful. It's the same question that, that everybody asks. I understand that. But just keep doing what you're doing well and don't, don't be afraid. See what happens. Andy, I love that so much. And I will just say at the end of the conference that I mentioned at the start of this conversation, I talked to the hosts and I said, gosh, what is this event like when ChatGPT hasn't just come out? And they said, Matt, every year there's a new ChatGPT. Every year there's a MOOC or there's blockchain or there's something that everybody's talking about. And then the system absorbs it into it and hopefully for the best. Andy, I loved your comment. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. Can't wait for the next time, Matt. Be well. Thank you. And thanks for listening to the Higher Ed Jobs podcast. If you have any questions for us, please email us at podcast at higheredjobs.com or tweet us at higheredjobs or simply just ask chat GPT to do it.